2: sent off today.
3: It's been another busy Newsweek, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors Mike Island and Mike Moore to discuss this week's major stories. This is Our Daily Story, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. First up, the Grand Rapids Police Department chief says the timing was right to release the name of the officer in Patrick Leoya's killing, Christopher Schur. The story is still developing, and we'll have more on it as it continues to develop. But for now, one of the major headlines this week is that Vice President Kamala Harris tested positive for COVID. Mr. Moore, what are your thoughts?
4: It wasn't shocking, I say this, not to be uh, to pass any kind of judgment or an indictment against this, but it seems like the White House and those in the White House, that environment is proving to be somewhat of a of a breeding ground for coronavirus. Mm. Uh, much much can be said for the interaction that many of the dignitaries certainly have to to go through. But everyone, as I understand it, is uh, practicing social distancing and all the things uh, that we are supposed to do. However, the uh, vice president, uh, as I understand it, did not did not have any symptoms, so she wasn't aware of it. But she was made aware that she did have COVID-19. And what she had said was that she's going to go ahead and continue to isolate. She's going to follow all the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines. And uh, it's somewhat of a canned response, we kind of got there, you know, grateful to both being vaccinated and boosted. Uh, but she's going to work from home and do all the things necessary to facilitate that. I also uh, wanted to make sure that, uh, because this is something that we reported on as well, she is now taking the antiviral coronavirus treatment as Paxlovid. So hopefully the, the vice president will be up to speed soon and back on the job or or, or in person back on the job because she is working from home and uh, we will see a healthier um, Vice President Kamala Harris.
5: And I think that uh, a lot of people have been concerned uh, in the past week about her contact with the uh, president or first lady and she hasn't been in close contact with either. She's respecting the CDC guidelines which is an example we can follow. So she's doing the uh, protocol that we're asked to do. So she follows the CDC guidelines and the advice of her doctors, and uh, she'll return to the White House when she tests negative and only then. So what we're seeing and hearing from the White House when this news was announced is uh, something as as a guideline for us to follow. You know, she's been vaccinated and boosted She's got no symptoms that uh, she's reported. So we've got something to follow with that, uh, with uh, Kamala Harris, you know, vice president, the most powerful woman in America. And she's she's got the COVID-19 vaccine boosted. And I believe she is getting the fourth shot as well.
3: Mm, Okay, All right. Another major story this week is that Derek Shelvin is seeking a new trial for the case of his murder of George Floyd. Um, And the judge is not letting cameras into the courtroom for the other defendants who were on the scene with Officer Floyd. Uh, Mr. Island, what are your thoughts on the goings on with these uh, situations?
5: Well, you know, it seems we're almost at the two year anniversary Mm -hmm. of uh, the death of George Floyd. And we've been through a whirlwind of activity uh, with that case. Uh, Once we at, at some point we thought we would hear the last of it we knew there were, was going to be another trial involved and then he turns around and he's expanding it and that was to be expected but it uh, it kind of uh, i don't I don't want to say reduces the impact of what happened with George Floyd but uh, it it gets to the point where if you hear too much about something there's less sensitivity for it if that makes any sense yeah um I don't think we'll ever reduce our sensitivity to what happened to George Floyd, but if we hear about it too much, we won't pay attention to it, if that makes sense. As much time as this has gone by, it's
4: hard to believe, uh, as we think about the impact that this has had on us, not just from a uh, domestic standpoint, we're talking about globally, uh, how this has uh, impacted uh, our, our, our social thinking, and I'm not talking about just as journalists, I'm talking about us as human beings just separating ourselves from what we do day to day but this is a change so very much i preface that only to say that now when we think about it bringing it back into the forefront there are things that maybe the judge has been advised as to how to mold and shape this trial as we near the end of all the ongoings of this Mm -hmm. trial that perhaps this was in fact the best route to go in handling this situation. And that's how I feel about that. And it's still, even though we see and hear different stories that are far removed from Derek Chauvin and the murder of African-American George Floyd, it is still so impactive after all this time. And this is one of those stories, if you, if you really think about it, will it really ever, ever have an end in terms of not having an end residually? We will always process this in some way, form, or fashion through our entire lifetime.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
3: Black Information Network news anchors Mike Island and Mike Moore are here with us discussing this week's major stories. The family of a teen who died after falling from an amusement park ride sues, saying many mistakes were made. Mr. Moore, your thoughts? This really struck me. Uh, If you have children, you can imagine what that family
4: went through. Mm -hmm. 14-year-old Tyree Sampson. I'm sure going out to that amusement park in Orlando, Florida on that day, all you were thinking about is just having a, you know, a wild ride and a good time. Your family's there. Uh, it, it's a great outing. And for this tragic event to take place is really unfortunate. The legal avenues that the family is taking now. Civil rights uh, attorney Ben Crump uh, is at the forefront of uh, the legal avenues at, at, at this juncture. But the more that this story starts to unravel, Initially, they felt he wasn't a candidate to be on the ride, first of all, because there are parameters by which you have to adhere to, to even get on the ride. But they, they saw this young man and they strapped him in and supposedly secured him so that he could take this ride and, and then to, you know, plunge to his death. Obviously, there, there were some mistakes that were made there. Sure. And nothing is going to bring that young man back. It's just a tragic story. Just a very tragic story.
5: And I'm sure the family is going to expect to have to relive the whole thing because of the lawsuit. They're going to be sitting in hearing all the details uh, about what happened. And I I do suppose that we're going to hear everything that could have gone wrong with the Parks Employee Associate decision to uh, put him on the ride. Or you might even hear something that maybe he did on the ride uh, that maybe help cause that. That's all part of the process of, you know, defense and uh, prosecution, things like that. So as a news anchor, I'm prepared to hear some of the stuff, but as a person, you know, you you think otherwise because I have children and I'm a big fan of of, of amusement park rides. Not that particular ride, but my kids are. Uh, You know, I try to separate the two, but uh, my overall feeling is that it's going to be kind of excruciating uh, for uh, anyone sensitive to that. And uh, really, uh, really, the family is, is going to have to go through a lot just to get through the
3: lawsuit. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, some major HBCU stories. We like these around here. So Morris Brown College regains its accreditation and Xavier University plans to open a medical school in Louisiana. Uh, why don't you start us off, Mr. Island? Yes, I, the Morris
5: Brown uh, story was uh, very encouraging. I like the um, they um, have the accreditation and they can actually get more funding. As well, that goes with that accreditation. And I think it's going to influence, obviously, enrollment in the college. It was already a great school and a lot of people didn't probably weren't aware uh, that it uh, lacked full accreditation, except mm-hmm. for the people, you know, actually going through the uh, graduation process and maybe post-graduation uh, situations that they had to deal with. But, uh, I just think that is a great story. And Xavier, I'll actually be at that university in a month going to a, a graduation. And so I'm going to, to get a lot more information about Xavier, uh, some, uh, college I haven't heard that much about. But, uh, but the Morris Brown story is, uh, is very encouraging, uh, for students and very encouraging for all HBCUs. And I don't know if there are any other. HBCUs out there that are maybe going through the same accreditation process, but maybe uh, they'll look at it a little bit harder. And if they're going through a process, they'll, uh, they'll they'll get it done and get it done right. And others will make sure to do everything they can to keep their accreditation so that uh, the uh, HBCU um, reputation just stays high. I think I think it's great right now, but Morris Brown uh, situation definitely puts it in the forefront, and I think it's positive.
4: I have to agree with mike it was very encouraging and i'll say uh from a um, somewhat personal standpoint because i've been here in atlanta for 17 years now and uh for all the time that i have been here in atlanta it has gone through that non-accreditation process and it was unfortunate especially being in um, uh, if you're familiar with this area the hbcu card with clark atlanta morehouse and spelman and all, all of those hbcus there them not having accreditation was a black eye for this institution and, and a great school but you go through that domino effect going backwards not forwards going backwards because you're not getting federally funded sure. um so there there are aren't, aren't the funds there for the school to operate and the operational costs were substantial then you think about uh, the the young people who want to further their education and attend that school well where's the light when you're going to, to that school and it, it doesn't have its accreditation, it, it doesn't bode well for, for the next step in your in, in your journey in life, and certainly your educational life. Sure. Uh, as for Xavier, I was tickled pink about that because uh, one of the areas that I concentrate on uh, in the reporting that we do with the Black Information Network, a lot of the COVID stories and the, the advances that have been made by various researchers and doctors and we concentrate on the african-american aspect of that happening one of the things that is disappointing we're finding that there is not a real proving ground for our african-american healthcare professionals in terms of the number of black doctors here in the united states i can't quote off the top of my head but just just think about some of the reports We're, we're looking in the two percentile Mm. Three percentile of black doctors here in the U.S. Now, when you come to Atlanta, you would say that can't be right because every time you turn around, you're seeing a black professional. But in terms of the larger picture and the scope of black professionals throughout the United States, for African-Americans, it is very, very low. So when I did read the story that Xavier is going to have a medical school, It was almost reactionary. It's like a smile just Mm -hmm. popped up on my face. So real happy about that, to
3: say the least. I love it. Well, thank you both very much for your insight and for bringing us up to speed. Once again, today's guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Mike Island and Mike Moore. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on Our Daily Story.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through.
3: and other important information.